Welcome, one and all, console war veterans and civilian noobs, to the seventh episode of Green vs. Blue podcast. This week's topic, you thought Sony had games. Microsoft just married Bethesda. Bethesbox? We are your hosts, David Brown and... PlayStation Pat Fennel. Green vs. Blue is a podcast where we, your hosts, discuss the two best gaming platforms in the world, both Xbox and PlayStation. You can find us on patreon.com slash green versus blue. That's green vs blue. PSboxcast at gmail.com if you guys want to drop us a line, have any questions or thoughts about the show. That's P-S-B-O-X-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. And then you can find us individually at... You can find me on YouTube at Variety Pat. That's spelled V-A-Riot-Y-Pat. Or on Instagram at PlayStation Pat. You can find me on Twitch at Real SD Dog. That's Real S Double D A W G, and at YouTube at Just SD Dog. So that's S W D A W G. So last week we actually had a, a mistake, Pat. Did we? We, we did. made a mistake. <laughs> Never. So, so retroscope, and you know, in retroactively, let's let's just uh, confirm something that we made a mistake about. Retroscope is a very short segment here where we make corrections, follow up on news. Uh, so last week we said Ukulele was developed by Rare, or at least we thought it was, uh, but it's actually developed by Platonic Games, which is actually a, a group of people from the old Rare days who got together and wanted to do a spiritual successor uh, to Banjo-Kazooie, kind of, and it was published by Team 17. So it's in the same vein, but yeah, we just uh, happened to make an oopsie there. Uh, what have you been playing this week? So Dave, this week I am back on Rocket League, as we discussed last week. Vroom, 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 vroom. <laughs> As we discussed last week, Rocket League is finally free to play. Just like Fortnite, you can download it almost anywhere for free. Jump in and play. There's a new Battle Pass system. It's nice to be able to play a game that I am so in love with and to be able to jump back and forth between my PS4 and now my Nintendo Switch while I'm on the go or while I'm on the toilet by chance. But I gotta say, I'm a little disappointed because my items have not carried over onto my Nintendo Switch. Is that is that supposed to be like, uh, it's supposed to be cross-progression, I, correct? I Or just cross-play? I think it's just cross-play, but the way that, the way Psyonix, the developer of Rocket League, sort of presented it was that the items would cross over so I could have my nice tricked out car on my ps4 and then jump over play with the same car on the switch but i'm gonna have to do some troubleshooting with that this weekend because to me it appears that all of the different accounts and consoles have their own like segregated columned off progression systems Mm -hmm. so i'm level 200 something on ps4 the specific count on my Switch is only level, like, five now. Oh, that's, that's pretty odd. And I don't have any of my items, so I'm kind of bummed about that. If it's not, if they don't already do cross-progression, I honestly don't know. Hopefully they fix that, or... We'll have to see. In the coming months, we're going we're gonna to be touching on cloud gaming and streaming later on in this episode, but the whole thing's just really convoluted. All the different companies are sort of being very dodgy about what information they choose to talk about. Their wording's very specific, so yeah, we're just going to see how this whole thing shakes out. What have you been up to, Dave? You know me. I wouldn't be a true Xbox fanboy if I wasn't playing some Halo 5. Oh my god, please. 
Please, just play something else. I haven't had time to play like anything, but I had a couple hours this week, and I just dipped my toe back in, just continuing the grind. Nice. Uh, max rank, so nothing really to say there, but uh, I'll keep you guys updated if I do anything different. One of our buddies that I think it will be on the podcast here sooner or later was telling us how he was playing Grounded, and as far as what's going on on Xbox side... Grounded, to me, looks like one of the most exciting games coming up this generation. Yeah, because it's in early access right now, correct? And uh, okay. I think they're going to definitely uh, make that game into something bigger. I think it's going to be like a big multiplayer type thing. I'll, I'll be keeping my eye out for that. And I'm sure we'll be cross-playing. And now that cloud gaming's a thing, that we'll be cro- cross-pollinating the consoles more nice. or less. Yeah. Um, That's a good Grounded reference right there for you, yeah. Pollen. <laughs> For the unknowing, Grounded's this, I don't know what you would call it, but your miniature... Uh, it's like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but if, if it was a game, a little, little bit more violence to it, right? Yeah, you're fighting spiders, you're fighting bugs, you're... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the idea of the game is, man, there's a lot of potential there. So, What is new for PlayStation, Pat? PlayStation Dave, Pat. Dave. So this week we got 24 new PlayStation games. I deduced it down to just a couple, a couple standout games. So first off, we got World Tennis Tour 2, and I haven't played much tennis games besides Mario Tennis back in the day, but tennis is a very big thing in my household. The U.S. Open just finished up, so that was exciting, getting to watch a little sporting events. So if you're into tennis, check it out! Then we got Mafia Definitive Edition. Mafia is a really great game, sort of... GTA style almost, but it's getting really, really bad reviews, so stay Mm. away from that one for the moment. (laughs) And also speaking of things you should stay away from, maybe stay away from trolls, or more specifically, you should stay away from Troll Hunter Defenders of Arcadia. Troll Hunters is a, what, DreamWorks DreamWorks animated series, or... It's an animated franchise all the same. What's cool about the game is that it does, in fact, have the original voice actors from the animation, which is a nice touch, but unless you're a little kid or have a little kid, kind of stay away from that one. And last but not least, probably the biggest and best game to come out this week is 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. So 13 Sentinels comes from the developer Vanillaware, and they also developed these games Odin Sphere and Dragon's Crown. And Dave, they are they are some of the most beautiful games you will ever play. They're these like hand drawn watercolor style. Okay. At times the they can be a little bit raunchy in the term in uh Oh now you got my in terms of design. Now you got my attention. But yeah, very much Thirteen Sentinels very much worth checking out. Then what's going on over there in Xbox land? Xbox, there's only one game. Starting October 1st, I've already covered last week's episode, what was leaving Game Pass and what was recently being added. So go check that last episode out if you want to check it out. But this That would be episode 6. Episode 6. But this week is Doom Eternal. Very fitting to our uh, topic of the day. We'll get a little, to that a little bit more later. But check Doom Eternal out on October 1st. I heard it's a phenomenal game. haven't played it. But also, last but not least... Let's just quickly touch on a game that came out a couple years ago, but really is the quintessential model child for how games should be treated in post, especially if they come out and they're really cruddy. Like, I don't know, Anthem, maybe. Maybe hey, you can only get you can get it for a 
you know, a dollar ninety-seven or whatever now. So <laughs> yeah. So No Man's Sky just came out with another update. No Man's Sky was not very well received when it first came out. No. But you know, props to the developers for sticking with it and making the game even more than we had originally been promised. They might have broken the promises of what the game could have been when it first came out, and they lost a lot of people. I was there day one. I played. felt like a complete disaster. But, you know, props to them. I've revisited No Man's Sky a couple times, but anyways, the No Man's Sky Origins update just came out. This update has brand new planets, which includes active volcanoes, as we saw in the original reveal. It also has rare new star systems with multiple stars, dramatic weather, which doesn't sound that awesome to begin with, but that does include lightning storms, fire storms, and probably the coolest of them all, gravity storms. There are also new rare planets with entirely synthetic life. And lastly, giant sandworms have finally come to the game. We saw the giant sandworms in No Man's Sky in the original reveal trailer, but here we are four years later, and we are actually finally getting them. Giant sandworms, huh? We get a playable Kevin Bacon in there. (laughs) What's what's that movie called? Tremors? Tremors! Or Dune. Dune also has giant worms. So, Anyways, those are your games this week. Check them out. Let us know what you think. And we are moving on. All right. So cross-examination. Let's get right into it. Let's talk about the biggest Microsoft news, arguably of the last decade. Xbox buys ZeniMax and Bethesda for $7.5 billion. But, but with a B? With a b b b b b But before we get into this, to any of our new listeners out there, cross-examination is a segment where we take big relevant news about Xbox and PlayStation when they intersect with each other in the gaming world. We then debate, speculate, or create a discussion of our own, which we believe fosters good discourse. So, Pat, this news literally broke right after recording last week's episode. Go check that out, by the way. Yeah, we recorded kind of late last week. We recorded on Monday morning specifically, only a couple hours. It was the worst timing ever. Yeah, yeah not our best, but... <laughs> but uh, we, as the week went on, we gathered more news about it, which actually kind of helped this beef up this episode. Yeah, as an Xbox fan... I've been through too much this generation, frankly, just with the lack of first party, great, you know, exclusive games. So this is a really great thing to hear at the end of the generation and right before the beginning of this new one. Microsoft now owns Doom, Elder Scrolls, Skyrim, Fallout, Wolfenstein, Dishonored, The Evil Within series, Ghostwire Tokyo, Deathloop, the studios who make those are making those two games for PlayStation right now, Mm -hmm. and a lot more that i well, I'm going to be here all day if I start mentioning all of them. But Pat, as a PlayStation pundit, <laughs> how does all of this info make you feel, you sorry shrimp? Oh my god. Well, Dave, let me tell you, I already felt like a shrimp before you had to go and call me one. You salty crustacean. <laughs> no, but this this could be the most earth-shattering news of this year. Certainly. You know, PlayStation, for the last generation, we've been saying, oh, PlayStation has the games. PlayStation has the games. Well, apparently for $7.5 billion, you can buy all the games. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> for seven and a half billion dollars, I think you can you can do a lot with that. So between Microsoft's internal studios that they already have and this purchase, they're they're going to be swinging grand slams this this coming generation. And you know, I hope there's not too much exclusivity that goes on. I would I would much rather see a Microsoft or an Xbox logo when I boot up one of these games on my PS5 than not have it at all. Well, Pat, Xbox is already gone and headed to clear some exclusivity concerns that you may have. Per PCGamer.com, there is a quote that says, There appear to be two current exceptions to this agreement, as Xbox will reportedly be honoring PS5 exclusivity agreements for Arcane, Deathloop, and Tango Gameworks Ghostwire Tokyo, end quote. In the future, it is unclear how exclusivity will go, but there was another article by the Washington Post that said, per Phil Spencer, that exclusivity will be on a case-by-case basis after those games. So, Pat, this is big news for Game Pass. Does the titles. Huge, huge. They're expanding their library, but as far as exclusivity goes, I don't think we're going to see Microsoft hoard all of these games. As much as as much as right now that they have they have the right to do that now. I don't think we're gonna I don't think we're gonna see that. I think the biggest the number one reference that we could point to would be the treatment of Minecraft. Minecraft, one of the biggest games ever, probably the biggest game in the last decade. I mean, someone could argue that Fortnite was the biggest game of the last decade, but one of the fundamental parts of gameplay of Fortnite is the building mechanic, and we would have never got that Fortnite building mechanic if it weren't for Minecraft. Oh, for sure. Microsoft bought Minecraft a couple years ago. But to be clear, Minecraft was already on different platforms before they acquired them. This is true, but props to Microsoft all the same because they continue to support the games. Mm. And even just in the last month, Minecraft, I, I don't know, I don't think we've mentioned this, so this is also newsworthy, but in the last month, Minecraft VR came to PlayStation VR. So if you own Minecraft on your PS4, you can jump in and play this enhanced VR version. So Microsoft didn't have to do that. They could have relegated it to Oculus or the Vive. Mm -hmm. So that's a good point. Yeah, they they still decided to allow it to to thrive on all these other platforms, Mm -hmm. even after the fact. So yeah, that is a good precedent to have going forward with these with this acquisition. What I think will happen with the exclusive games like Deathloop or Ghostwire Tokyo is that Microsoft, the lawyers, whoever, are going to go in and the minute that that exclusivity deal is over, you're going to start seeing those games on your Xbox or, God forbid, one of these other cloud streaming services that we're going to be talking about here soon. Yeah. So let's talk about Game Pass a little bit, Pat. Xbox head Phil Spencer, per the Washington Post, promises Bethesda's future games will be added to Xbox Game Pass the same day they launch on Xbox or PC in a Monday news release. This could suggest the merger is less about exclusives and more about driving subscriptions for Game Pass. End quote. This is big. So this means not to me that they're going to hoard these games, but I think that they're going to do, if anything, timed exclusives. And I don't know if they'll do this for every game, but it's just reassuring to know that these Bethesda games will be on Game Pass day one of release. And that is just, I think that's enough to get people to check out Game Pass and to check out the Xbox ecosystem in a way that's not like, that doesn't, it doesn't force you to think twice about it. I mean, if Fallout 77 <laughs> comes out, oh God. 
if Fallout, you know, when the next Fallout game does come out and it releases on PlayStation and Xbox Game Pass the same day, costs me probably $70 this next gen. If it costs me $70 to pick up the new Fallout game or I can jump in and try it out at 19 at 20 bucks a month over on Xbox, I'm pro- I might try it out on Xbox. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have the money to sh- just to throw around for a game that you don't know whether or not you know you're going to be playing it for a while, you're going to risk seventy dollars a pop, or are you going to jump in on Game Pass and are you going to choose over a hundred games, two hundred games to to play for fifteen a month? You know, and I haven't had this thought before, but it really makes me wonder if the nature of video game reviews this next generation is completely going to change. As we've seen a little bit with the PS4 generation, games keep getting constantly updated. No Man's Sky, for instance, came out to bad reviews, but if it was to be re-reviewed today, I would... I would say it's jumped at least one or two points higher, minimum, based off how much love has been now poured into the game to fix the empty promises that happened at release. Yeah, I think it'll be for gaming review websites and companies or whatever. I think it'll definitely change it. I think they'll be a little bit more lenient considering that we're moving toward this subscription-based streaming service for games rather than going to your Walmart and buying a physical copy for every game that you do. It will definitely change that. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, considering that type of review process encourages developers to make a half-baked game on day one, knowing that they can save themselves later. Sure. So that's my only concern about it. But yeah, just the fact that you'd be able to play all these games uh, for like $15 a month Regardless, there should be enough there to satisfy you and not feel like you wasted your money. I'm also thinking from the company's side, the publisher and developer side, that, you know, ordinarily games are shipped to reviewer news outlets ahead of time, the games are reviewed. But if the developers and publishers were to withhold those copies and there are less reviews available day one, it could hypothetically incentivize players who are stuck on the hype train to say, well, I don't want to spend, I don't want to necessarily spend 60, 70 bucks for a copy of this new game, but I could drop 20 bucks, the, the price of a movie ticket, and be playing the game the night of. And if I don't like it, well, I still have this whole catalog. First off, what movie theater are you going to and spending 20 bucks? <laughs> You're Someone's stealing Those your money. lounge couches. <laughs> okay. I'll let, I'll let that slide. Yeah. So that, that's it means a lot of good things. There's also a lot of trepidation, for me at least, with, with Game Pass and subscription-based stuff, which we will actually get to in just a minute. But Pat... This move by Microsoft uh, actually goes back to the topic of our very first episode. I would say go back to it, but at this point, our first episode's super dated because <laughs> we're our news yeah, video game. It's only a month old. Yeah. The console wars have evolved into the platform wars that we have talked about, getting farther and farther away from a plastic console that we're holding our, on to our loyalty to. That just doesn't mean Microsoft versus Sony anymore. I looked up a CNN business article about Amazon uh, regarding their new streaming service for gaming called Luna coming this fall. What does this bode for Xbox and Sony? Uh, Well, there's a quote in here that I pulled out. Amazon is able to do better than Google and that they can drive really low prices. 
said Joost van Drunen, founder of video game investment firm New Brooklyn. Google is married to a model where they can charge a consumer $15 a month for Stadia, and you still have to buy the games. What Amazon can do is buffet style, six bucks, and off you go. Have fun with it. End quote. Amazon, to me, has a way more compelling offer than Google Stadia does. Although Amazon doesn't have the history that Sony and Microsoft does, Amazon has more of the chops. They have Twitch. They have like endless resources to compete. Amazon does own Twitch, which is a direct competitor to to Google's YouTube Live and YouTube game streaming. They have Twitch. They're, I would be remiss to think that they're not going to integrate it somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, they have that huge, huge base right there. And I think they're just more of a threat in terms of their business model. Because Google Stadia, as the quote said... $15 a month just gets you in the door and then you still have to buy the game's full price. And their technical features are not where they're supposed to be right now in terms of where we want the Netflix of games in terms of cloud service. So I think Amazon is going to be Microsoft and Sony's big, particularly Microsoft's biggest competitor for cloud gaming come in the next two years. So I think this is something really big to worry about that although our podcast revolves around Microsoft versus PlayStation, um, I think we're going to be talking about Amazon in the gaming in the gaming world a lot more from here on out. Which is crazy. Like this really came out of nowhere. Google Google very much hyped up their Stadia platform. It still is not completely in its final form of what we saw at that Stadia reveal event. And you know, Amazon kind of just like trickled this out into the news outlets. There was no high. It's almost exactly the same. Stadia has a proprietary controller. Amazon has a proprietary controller. But I think what we're seeing more so with Amazon's model is that Amazon's doing the Apple Games service model on the iPhone, Apple. You you can pay a subscription fee of, I think it's only seven bucks a month or something. You get a whole litany of video games. Hopefully those games don't have ads. I can't speak to it personally. But I, I'm, it really kind of worries me. Yeah, I mean, Amazon, I think Microsoft, they've said before, Phil Spencer before said in the past, he's really more worried about competing with Google and Amazon. These huge mono, monoliths of, of companies, you know, like they're huge. And they have... Again, like Microsoft, endless resources to compete. That's what we were talking about last week with Sony. And one of the questions I wanted to prompt you, Pat, given that you are on si- on PlayStation side for the most part, does Sony respond to this? Does Sony respond to, to Amazon? Does Sony respond to Microsoft acquiring ZeniMax, Bethesda, cloud gaming? Like Microsoft has a lot of foresight right now with the future and what gaming is going to evolve into. And Sony is, yes, they're they're being more friendly toward PC. They're getting their own type of... They're trying to do their own type of Game Pass thing. It's not there yet. Are they going to respond to Amazon, to Google, to Microsoft, all playing this longer endgame? I think to a degree, maybe like the first trickle of Sony's response was that PlayStation Plus games collection that we saw, where you're getting a whole host of great first-party PlayStation 4 titles on your PS5 
day one if you choose to download them i'm going to be revisiting some of those games i think seeing up god of war up res detroit become human that game was freaking exceptional i mean the graphics in detroit were far ahead of their time i could go on about this game but i'll stop um but in terms of like them responding to the degree that microsoft is what they're doing with game pass what they're going to do with game pass do you think sony has to match them in order to do you think it's going to be too late by the time Microsoft is up here with Game Pass, up to up to the sky, competing with Amazon's own service, competing with Google Stadia if they ever come around in, in their business model? So years ago, Sony bought out this company called Gaikai, and Gaikai specialized in game streaming, and they were one of the first companies to really be doing it. And... I'd say the tech of Gaikai, which Gaikai did become PlayStation Now, which is Sony's PlayStation's streaming service, and you can download games from there. They have a rotating catalog. I think at some point we will see Sony respond. I think Microsoft has played their trump card now, which was that Bethesda buyout. Like, that's immensely huge we're going to be talking about the fallout from fallout (laughs) we're going to be talking about the fallout from this bethesda microsoft marriage for probably the entire next decade how it affects playstation how it affects the timelines all these different companies what what a time to announce it too right after the pre-orders went up yeah it's almost like they they meant to do it like it was planned like it was something hmm so like I was saying last week, we still have not seen the UI for PlayStation. We don't know too, too much about the backwards catalog, um, backwards compatibility. I think PlayStation does have this Gaikai game streaming background. It does need to be brought into the 2020s. The tech needs to be updated, but they will have to respond to all these new streaming services popping up. But overall, I don't feel good about the game streaming services at large. Yeah, it might save you some money in the short term when you're paying $20 a month to get a new game. But in the long term, I do not look forward to the idea of, oh, this game's exclusive at this platform. You can only play it over here in this streaming service. It's only available on Amazon, only available on the Epic Games Store. Oh, it's a timed exclusive for PlayStation for six months. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I can see the I can see the potential evils with it. For, for Microsoft, I'm really optimistic with Phil Spencer at the helm. I think if it was anyone else right now in charge of Xbox, I would be kind of afraid what was going on. But Phil Spencer seems like a gamer at heart. He seems like a dude that's really looking out for the future of the industry. I feel like he's really leading that front of like, let's get games everywhere. Let's let's push the boundaries and see what we can do. So as long as we have people like that in the industry that are pushing toward that, I don't see too much of an issue with it. But I, I can definitely see how it, it could go either way. My main criticism is with Sony and their unwillingness to bring their games to more platforms in more ways we'll we'll see i was just speaking of xbox bringing their things to more consoles i just found out about this thing called the razor kishi so it looks like the switch but for yeah phones and other devices so the razor kishi is this 
controller sort of phone case that folds up or slides together and becomes the same size as your phone and then slides apart and you can hook your phone in and it's basically like having a Nintendo Switch in that way and you can play games off the Xbox cloud streaming Yeah, it'll, service. it'll play into the xCloud service. So I wish Sony had something like this at this time. But almost like a like a handheld PlayStation, like a like a portable PlayStation, yeah. So that it could become your your life. The PlayStation could be your life, or or as the Latinos and the Romans used to say, uh, the Vita. <laughs> Live in the Vita, loca. So I I do think eventually we will see something like that from PlayStation. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. A couple other questions, Pat. Will Microsoft be done flexing their acquisition muscles? Do you think this is the uh, the end? Or this is the beginning? Is this? Uh, I mean, seven point five bill. That's and that's a lot just to the common you know layman. But for a trillion dollar company, the the feds could the feds could trade three fighter jets for this for Bethesda. <laughs> <laughs> it only cost three fighter jets for Bethesda. <laughs> yeah, I mean they pretty much bought Star Wars twice. That's wild to think about. Like almost. <laughs> when are we gonna see a Disney video game streaming service? God, kill me now. I th- I think we'll. I don't know if we'll see more. I, I don't know if I like the idea of like one company having a ton of IPs and studios and in their grasp because all it takes is. For the wrong, for it to get in the wrong hands, and then I, I'm I'm excited for Bethesda as a company, though, uh, their brand, because I've been really put off to their games as of late, like Fallout 76. I've heard just endless and endless and endless scandals and like blunders from them. And they... Let's not forget Skyrim when it came out. Skyrim, one of the biggest, most notable games of all time. It's on all sorts of different consoles, and God, you could pl- probably play it on mobile. But let's not forget, Skyrim came out on the PS3 and was fundamentally broken. The The blunder with Fallout 76, these, like, God bless Bethesda, but they don't have as great as a track record as people like to remember that. Yeah, they, they were I, they were the company, the first company to introduce, uh, like, skin, like, straight up microtransactions, I think. And, like, in, they had, like, the horse armor. I yes. think it was, like... I forget which game. Elder I Scrolls think it or was Skyrim Horse Armor. And everyone threw a fit. It was like a $5 scan or something, or like a, I don't know. It was, everyone was up in arms. And now you get, you know, these companies that are doing like $20 skin packs or something like that. And it's like not even shrug, no one even bats an eye. But yeah, it's funny how they did fall out of everyone's good graces in the last few years with Fallout in particular. They had the Wolfenstein. Oh yeah, New Blood or Young Blood. It was like the one with BJ's daughters yeah it was oh that game looked so annoying Not i haven't played well it received but yeah they and they just have done a lot of bad microtransactions and uh business practices so uh we'll see how we'll see how microsoft turns that around if they will how much they'll control uh people's perception of that brand so i'm really excited to see if they do something cool with it i think i think with this buyout and guidance from microsoft Bethesda could end up making the best games of this next decade. Yep. All right. So that concludes our cross-examination segment. We talked about it a lot, but hey, if you guys got any questions or thoughts about what we just talked about, please hit up our uh, our Gmail 
uh, pxboxcast at gmail.com. Cool. All right, so let's head into our fast fire news. That's where the news come at you faster than Han Solo's quick draw, faster than Indiana Jones being chased by a boulder. So we're doing a little follow up first with the debacle that was PlayStation 5 pre-orders. And I've, I've talked a little bit about how, personally, I would like a PS5 with the disk drive. And as it turns out, if you're also looking for a PS5 with a disk drive, don't worry. You're probably going to be in luck. Because, as we found out from a study by Ars Technica, the PS5 digital version only accounts for thir- about 13 to 33% of pre-order stock so that means like anywhere between one in five or one out of three is a digital version so it will be much easier to come upon the disc version of the ps5 now that being said the disc version is a hundred dollars more but we do have a statement from jim ryan the ceo of playstation and i quote The ratio between the digital edition and the disk drive model is currently something we cannot disclose at this time. We cannot give specific information on numbers, but we can say that we plan to produce the necessary number of units to meet the demand for that model. However, we've never produced two different console models at the same time before, so deciding on the right number and the right ratios is very hard to know. We are doing our best to predict the demand. End quote. So, just as a little preface for this article, Ars Technica did take these numbers from GameStop pre-orders, and that might just be a result of GameStop themselves choosing to primarily take the disc version, and GameStop would inherently be incentivized to try and only sell the disc version model because they sell discs and the overall profit horizon for GameStop is better if people are buying PS5 discs rather than just digital copies after GameStop sells them the digital version. Makes sense. So any any thoughts of how this will shake out with the Series S and X as well? Um, yeah, I can see them hoarding more Series X's and selling more. That makes sense. So, keep looking out for those pre-orders. Then, we got Tokyo Game Show. We had a a, a handful of announcements. I talked in, I think, the second or third episode of this Green vs. Blue podcast that I thought the PS5 would really be revealed at the Tokyo Game Show. That was not the case. We got it beforehand, but still a couple things. Mostly relevant if if you're a weeboo, like me. So, we got Nier Replicant, which is a remaster of Nier Automata. Nier's a... Does that game need a remake? Does it need a remake? Nier, isn't that like a pretty recent game that came out? So, yeah, Nier came out maybe... Oh, remaster. Yeah. Okay, not a remake. So, the original game Nier came out in like 2010. Not that much of a hit. And up until the release of Nier Automata on PS4 could be taken for a reasonable resale price. But those prices have shot out the wazoo 
and it's really hard to get near. But anyways, Near Replicant is a remaster of the second game, Near Automata, from PS4. It was also announced that Near Automata just passed 4.8 million sales, and it's a really, really cool game. I really recommend people check it out. It's just moody, sort of platformer. It's like a, it's like a, you know, you want to jump on the platform. You're like, mm, I don't know, I'm kind of moody. I guess, I guess we'll fight these robots. But it's pretty fun. It like is this combination of hack and slash and shoot 'em up at the same time, which sounds a little complicated, but it sounds worse than it is. Then following that up, we got an announcement for a mobile game called Near Reincarnation. And that's going to be like a 2D, 3D combo uh, it taking place in the post-apocalyptic Near universe, which is kind of cool. And then we got an announcement from Microsoft that they plan on dropping the price of the Series S by about $28 in Japan. And that might just be the result of inflation, deflation, and has more so to do with the value of the currency itself rather than the perceived value of that console on the market. I would also assume that they're begging people to buy an Xbox if you live in Japan, (laughs) considering that it's all like Sony territory over there. The (laughs) Yeah, the Xbox One has not sold well in the United States, but if go check out Japan? those, no, in the United States, it hasn't Xbox sold well? comparatively to the PS4. Oh yeah, but Compar- look at the PS4 versus Xbox numbers in Japan, and I think you'll be mind blown. They just, they just don't seem to sell over there, and maybe it com- it comes down a little bit to the culture and Sony and PlayStation being a native developer, and Nintendo's also a native developer there, but. Still kind of cool. If you're headed to Japan, why not pick up a Series S over there? Wear a mask. And wear a mask. So, then we got PlayStation Flight Simulator Japan World Update. That's kind of cool because they were able to get hold of these incredibly detailed topographic maps of Japan. So you're going to get much more accurate mountain landscaping. and. I like it. Yeah, very cool. I still would love to jump in and check out the flight simulator game and then last but not least we got a reveal of this new game gigabash which is like a b-movie style like visuals with kaiju monsters versus giant mech battles and that's going to be a four-player arena brawler tearing apart cities smashing into each other using superpowers so Keep an eye out for that. Pretty interesting. Lastly, from PlayStation, we found out that there are no plans to offer Marvel Spider-Man Remaster as a standalone PS5 game. And that has been confirmed by Sony now. Why this piece of news is important is it does give us a little insight into how backwards compatibility and next-gen enhancements will be handled at least by PlayStation, this coming generation. So per a statement from Sony, I quote, Marvel's Spider-Man Remastered is an enhanced version of 
Marvel's Spider-Man and is included as part of Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales Ultimate Edition for the PS5, end quote. Now, this was a pretty convoluted statement. I took out what I could. So basically, you have to buy Spider-Man PS4 Miles Morales Ultimate Edition and a Blu-ray Drive PS5 to be able to take advantage of this deal. So if you buy the digital version and you have the PS4 disc, you're out of luck. There was no specifics about buying the Miles Morales Ultimate PS4, and if you'll get that upgrade with the digital PS5, no mention of it. Uh, not a good sign. Yeah. So, so for Spider-Man PS4, the upgrade enhanced version on PS5 is going to come with a new trophy list, which I'm super stoked about, because then I can get another platinum in one of my favorite games that I platinumed. We're going to get better facial animation, ray tracing, and a farther drawing distance. Which means basically you can just see farther away in the game. I like it. The The best reference for this that I have is Spider-Man 64 famously had one of the lowest draw distances ever. Which was something like equivalent to 20 or 30 feet in front of you. And they, they did have a nice... Spider-Man 64, famously bad game, but they did have a good excuse that there was some sort of kryptonite fog to mask this... Pat, you've been saying... Draws. You mean Superman 64. What did I been saying? Spider-Man Spider 64. Oh, my God. Oh, bro. Oh. Well, I'm glad we made that connection correction now instead of... <laughs> I didn't know what you were talking about. I kept... I was like, there was a Spider-Man... I knew there, there was actually a Spider-Man... Uh, I think it was on the 64. There was like a Spider-Man game. So I thought you were talking about that. <laughs> I would have corrected you. I, dude, it's so... I'm just... Between Spider-Man and Spider-Man Miles Morales, those are two different games. Right. Too many superhero games. Too many different editions and versions. And Let's, let's, please, let's keep it going. Can we please move <laughs> on? That's Fire's slow burn news. <laughs> so... On September 25th, which is now past, um, one of the biggest boy bands in the world, BTS, oh, yeah. out of South Korea, is doing a performance in Fortnite. And that comes fast on the heels of Anderson Pack's performance this last month. Great R&B artist, Anderson Pack, for those who don't know. I'm a big, big fan of his. But let's how, how can we how can we not mention these Fortnite? concerts without m mentioning literally the biggest concert event ever the travis scott concert oh yeah do you did you know that was that the biggest one yes because of the like reach digitally like the digital reach of fortnite and the publicity it was the biggest concert ever which that's, is that's mind dope. blowing dope. david tell me what's going on over in xbox land I'll take over the rest of the segment from here. So, uh, Don't Nod, developer of Life is Strange and Tell Me Why is opening a second studio dev team. So, if any of you, any of you who like those games, Tell Me Why series just came out. Keep an eye out for that. Also, uh, we we got a uh, one terabyte Xbox expansion card reveal from Seagate. It's going to be $220 a pop. It's a lot of money for some extra storage. For a little hard drive. That's... Yeah. Um, don't know how to feel about that. Uh, since I... 
I've said on this podcast I'm probably going to wait until Halo comes out to get the new Xbox next year. Hopefully by that time, maybe, you know, I'll by the time I'll need it, by next fall, those prices will go down and I'll probably pick it up then. I don't see much of, an, uh, much of a reason to go pick it up right now. Anywho, let's also catch up with what happened with the Series X and S pre-orders. Pat, what you, would you have to say? So you're telling me that there was a little bit of a blunder? It wasn't perfectly clean? Like they they said it would be in a tweet. (laughs) So I think what is the best course of action for these types of things for pre-orders is doing like a queue system. You know, like when I bought a ticket to Avengers Endgame, it was nice. You were in line. You they didn't tackle. You know, the servers weren't overwhelmed. It was a good system. I don't understand why they don't just do that. So yeah, there was a big problem with uh, getting with getting an Xbox. Series X and S, not as bad as they didn't flat out say, "Hey, we're gonna do pre-orders tomorrow." But yeah, there was still the mishaps. I was just looking at one at that time, and I ended up not buying one because I'm not gonna buy one right now. But I, I went right to just the obscure, more obscure stores. Like no one's immediately thinking Walmart. Everyone is at GameStop right away. Everyone was at the Direct Microsoft store right away, and those two would not load for me. I put up Walmart, Target. I could have easily bought one within like a half hour window so it wasn't like terrible i think people just like to complain but yes target might have been fine for pre-orders but walmart has a very bad historical record of canceling people's pre-orders <laughs> okay so that's something to keep in mind yeah so it's just uh it would just be nice if the more like sony and microsoft just communicates in the future with with what's going to happen anything can go wrong on any level of course as we as we've seen, as we've seen. So so another story that's that was kind of funny to bring up was uh, so as the Series X pre-orders went up, also the Xbox One X sales went up. <laughs> so on the same day that the Series X and S went up on sa- on pre-order, uh, there was I think it was like a seven hundred and twenty-five percent like increase of sales that day for Xbox oh One X. Oh my god! So this is per The Verge, and they they reported that. Uh, yeah, that, that particular day, there's for whatever quote-unquote reason... <laughs> Maybe it's a conspiracy that they're trying to get these Xbox One X yeah. off the shelves. Needless to say, Pat, there's going to be a lot of kids on Christmas morning that open up... The their, console yeah. that they already have. Mom! <laughs> hey, 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 you didn't get a pre-order. Some of these kids are going to get the console that they already have, but... Hey, it's better than getting another PS4 because at least you can still play the games that are expected to come out. All of them. So Yeah. So maybe hopefully in the future, I mean Microsoft has never been great at naming their consoles and I think I don't know. <laughs> we'll just let's move on. All right, so let's do a little bit of catch up with Halo Infinite. As you know, I'd love to talk about Halo, but there's some news this week. This week's roundup, so pre-orders actually went live. Uh, all retailers. As I was saying last week, Best Buy had a statue, a steelbook, bundle. I, I ended up pre-ordering that. We're going to call this new segment, We Love Nerf Guns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nerf Guns went up uh, for pre-order, a couple new ones uh, that were releasing in January, peculiarly. And then we also got the price on the on Halo Infinite, which is 60 bucks. So I was expecting it to be $69.99. I believe there was a new gun in halo that was leaked due to maybe not leaked but was revealed or found out about because it was included with a figurine of the berserker enemy regarding price though 
price of the game. That is really interesting because a lot of next-gen games, that we, as we've seen, are 70 bucks. This is a very weird... I don't know. I, I feel like not really anyone covered this, but it's is a, a surprise. I thought they were going to actually go along with the trend and do bump up their price 10 bucks, but you can pre-order right now for 60 bucks. Uh, also, there was new figures announced per username Legendary117. He's a collector on Twitter and he also has a Twitch. Check him out. Still no word on release date though, Pat. We still don't have a release date since the delay in August, but uh, we have a response to rumors per community director Brian Gerard. And I quote, PSA, we haven't locked on a release date for Halo Infinite yet, he said. Anything you see on a retail site is just placeholder slash speculation. And he's referring to on Amazon when it was, uh, it's up right now, it says December 31st, 2021. Placeholder date, mind you, listeners, that's the most common placeholder date. Yeah. Yeah. But I th- what I think was interesting to take away from this, Pat, was that this is typically something that they wouldn't have to come out and quash. Like, there was a bunch of rumors coming out like, oh, was it going to come out at the end of the year then? I think they would only come out and say something else to, to squash the rumors if they were coming out with it earlier than Holiday, which I might, I think they might do. We've seen a lot more of their marketing pop up. We see new Nerf guns, figures, all these game add-ons, all the promotional stuff still going. So I, And then them shutting down these rumors. I feel like it might come out during the spring or the summertime. That's just my speculation. I, I could see that happening. Xbox is going to pick a very strategic date, no matter what. Well, uh, that concludes our Fast Fire news. So then let's move into the rotating segment. Yet again, for the seventh week in a row, we have a new rotating segment coming at you. And I call this one Pat's Predictions. <gasps> My prediction for today, that the economy is very much screwed. So let's step back to uh, maybe even episode one or two of this cast. So early, mid, mid-August, we started seeing a rash of editorial pieces saying, oh, the, the, the consoles should be delayed until 2021. I didn't think it should happen. I still don't think it should happen. We now know solidly it is not happening. You will be able to, you might not be able to, but you could hypothetically go to the store on Black Friday and be able to get one of these next-gen consoles. And Pat, you're right. I mean, people still want the consoles. The pandemic hasn't deterred anyone from making them sell out right away. No, and it hasn't deterred the stock market from running up. Let's say Tesla has run up 400% in the last years time totally unsustainable a company with no new products people are just like throwing their money around right now unemployment nationwide is going to start running out for people soon we saw in mid-august president trump signed a executive order that gave a 300 dollars extra bonus stimulus to unemployed people but we've really kind of, besides that, we've really seen like minimal action from the feds about what's going to happen. How are you going to help people make pay their rent? How are you going to help businesses that have been closed down that had like almost zero income for months at a time, hypothetically? And you know, personally, I've seen just price gouging like go to a complete maximum since... March of 2020. Oh, yeah. You no, know, I, no one's going to the stores to, to pick them up and, and take away from the scalpers. It's all, well, most, for the most part, it's online. And it 
right now it's it's kind of a disaster of a landscape and i think pe- people are yeah people are bored at home and so yeah some of it is people trying to like find new hobbies but if people have missed work you know people are really looking for alternate forms of income and i'm a big sneakerhead the sneaker market has gone absolutely haywire bonkers in this last year yeah there was really hype sneakers that were that were the prices shot far above retail as soon as they came out that's to be expected with some things but almost every sneaker is selling out into streetwear a little bit so checking out the supreme website you know even back in the spring supreme does 20 week seasons back in spring of 2020 and any year prior, it was possible to buy something that came out week one on week 15. But I've now I've seen everything sells out that first week, most of the time that first day. So people are buying anything and everything that they perceive to have value. And, you know, I can't knock people too much. People are just trying to put food on the table. People are trying to be able to afford a game that they want by making a little extra income so they can keep themselves occupied. But I've started to notice it with games. Super Mario 3D All-Stars just came out. I saw people scalping that despite going to the store and seeing 20, 30 copies on the shelf. And trading cards are going freaking crazy right now. I've, I've seen literal, if you show up at Target or Walmart at opening, to, you know, just do your grocery shopping or whatever. Take 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 a second to look at the trading card section. You'll probably see people waiting there because they got nothing else to do with their time. And they're just trying to get the hottest new pack of mosaic football cards or Pokemon, whatever the newest set is. Pat, and that kind of plays into what we were talking about, about the false scarcity that companies create for their products. Uh, the more you get that feeling of, oh, I got to get this new console i gotta get this new game i gotta get this new trading card the more pe- the more people are going to scalp because if they know that companies are deliberately making a scarcity then well if if you have most of that of that product then you're going to make more money or at least the people believe that then they're going to make money off of that time where the people think they can't get the product yeah i don't know really what the implications of this are but just be wary be safe i'm i'm kind of I'm kind of bummed a little bit right now because it's taking a toll on the games market. It's it's going to take a toll on everything overall. Like If you're someone that thinks they can't afford a PS5 right now, well, I hate to potentially be the bearer of bad news. I'm no economic expert by any means, so take my word with a grain of salt. You think you can't afford a next-gen console now? I think you're really not going to be able to afford it come 2021. But hey, maybe there will be more on the shelves by then, and it'll actually be accessible. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. <laughs> so that's the end of Pat's predictions. And we'll come in the future to see if Pat was right. <laughs> All right. So yeah, that ends our show today. And we have been your hosts. David, SD Dog, And PlayStation Pat Fennel. Green vs. Blue can be found on Spotify, Apple Music, or any of your favorite podcast services. Please go ahead and drop us a rating. It will really help the show grow. And hey, if you rate us now and we blow up, then you can say you were here. You were the first to know about us. 
<laughs> but you can also directly support us by heading to patreon.com slash green versus blue. That's patreon.com slash green vs blue. David, where can we find you again? Uh, you can find me on YouTube, SD Dog, S Double D A W G, and at Twitch if you want, uh, Real SD Dog, S Double D A W G. And you can find me on YouTube at Variety Pat. That's V A Riot Y Pat. Or on Instagram at PlayStation Pat. If you have any burning comments or questions about today's show, or if you have anything else to say about the podcast, or how our voices sound, then you can head over and diss us at psboxcast at gmail.com. That's P-S-B-O-X-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.